Broadcasting from Essex, it's 17th of December 2020 and you're listening to Salonomics. The Bitcoin price is $23,000. I am your host, Aaron Dawn, and joining me from North London is my hair Jesus, Joe Memet. How are Hi. you, Joe? I'm very well, Aaron. How are you? You must be very happy with Bitcoin. Uh, well, you know. You know, I don't yeah. don't like to yeah, say yeah. I told you so, but I've said I've told you so for a number of years now. A- anyway, so what's been happening with you this week? Um, yeah, you know what? I'm really excited, and it's not the Bitcoin price that's making me excited. Oh, it's yeah? We've, yeah, we've had a quite a, a serious breakthrough um, in Go Salon, in the world of Go Salon. We finally finished our first smart retail wall. Fantastic. Over at over at Coronado SA, I'm pleased to report it works beautifully. It works seamlessly, and I sent you a video, didn't I? Oh, um, yeah, I, I saw it actually. I saw it on LinkedIn. Actually, it looks it, it's very botanical and very organic and very ethically clean and green, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. I guess you're talking about um, his actual retail wall. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean that is a that is that is a beautiful piece of design work. Him and his wife worked really really hard on it. Um, I just come in and I just basically put the technological into it. So we've just plugged in all the QR codes and all the QR codes have linked up to the retail right. um, products online. Um, and now um, he can basically sell to all of his customers. Uh, they can take from the shop and pay a premium for that. Or those people that don't want to buy from the shop and take it there and then, they can have it scanned and shipped to his home in literally 10 seconds flat. Um, yeah, so I'm obviously really pleased about that. But that's enough about me. I think we should um, go to the right to reply, Joe. So I had, a, I had some feedback this week about oh. our last show. Right. I wanted to share it with you. Um, Barry Motorways, he says... I stumbled upon your show last week and listened with interest. But geez, you paint a dark picture. I feel like our industry, hairdressing, is finished. It is, so, isn't it? Is it so finished? Well, I mean, I'm not sure exactly what you said last week in the show that was so um, so doomy. No, I, I, well, I can't remember, but um, I, I suppose in my, my theory is that um, the hairdressing industry has to restructure itself it can't just keep going about the same old same old same old like one big happy family we should be doing this we should be doing that which is what the uh, that's the sort of the general consensus i've been hearing mm. it's not working what if yeah it was, for six months right since um, the covid uh, the, the first lockdown was really march right so yeah. it's actually eight months they've been they've been bleeding the same thing and like Eight months down the line, I'm thinking, you know what, it's finished. Just forget it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that is quite a, a dark picture you've painted there. No, no, no. I mean, I, I would like to feel more on the positive side. And no. Barry, don't worry. I believe Barry that hairdressing... Worry. Barry, don't worry. Hairdressing will be one of the only features left on the high street. I believe wholeheartedly that... The high street will become an entertainment zone and not necessarily a retail zone. And I categorised hairdressing as entertainment and Ooh, not, not non-essential. 
I do because I think there's a lot of people out there that during lockdown they missed it. They missed the interaction. They they missed what made hairdressing feel good. And let's face it, if software is going to eat the world, software can't cut hair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what that's my philosophy going forward. I think the high street will be entertainment. It'll be restaurants. It will be coffee bars. It will be bookies. It will be, you know, all those things that entertain us as opposed to I'm going to go to the high street and buy stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's going to be different. So, so yeah, I think the high street is, is long since finished. But I think what you were saying was about the size. We were talking about the size of salons as well. You know, yeah. they need to get through yeah. the next couple of years. Yeah. And those that do will have a very bright future. Exactly. It was, it was sort of like um, culling certain, certain establishments, really. Yeah, the ones which are struggling to pay the rent, the ones that are struggling to pay the rates, the, their staff, the, they, they keep reducing their prices, they keep going on treat well, they keep going on the Groupon, things like that, just to, just to survive. Those are the mm. ones that will have to be eliminated, really, because they they've got no method as such. Right, that ding um, means m next, basically. Yeah, I go with that. Next. Um, I, do you um, do you think that hairdressers shouldn't shouldn't sell products? I I believe hairdressers should not sell products. I believe salons should sell products, but not hairdressers. Okay, if, let's let's explore this then. I'm interested to get your thoughts. Okay, well this this is it, right? Ask, let me ask you a question. Yeah. How many how many hairdressers do you know that's retired successfully mm. selling products? Um, or I should say, let me let me rephrase that: by selling products, they've retired from the industry by selling products. Well, I think the only people that are retired <laughs> from the industry from selling products are those people that have products on the shelves of yeah. boots, right? Well, John Frieda. John Frieda, Charles Webber, Trevor Sorby. No, he's still working. Trevor Sorby. Um, Is he? Charles, yeah. Charles Weverton. Yeah. Nicky right. Clark. No, he's still working. Is he? Yep. All right, Lee Stafford. He's still working. Well, no, Lee Stafford's retired. Yeah, that is true. He's retired. So it's free. Yeah. Vidal um, like. Sassoon. Oh, no, that's... Uh... Yeah, he kind of retired though, didn't he? On you know, back in the eighties when his products he, he, kind of dropped. He, he retired, but he started to Potter and Gamble, didn't he? So um, sure. I, I don't think he made his reputation by selling products. No. So what you're saying is, unless your name is on the product, you shouldn't probably be selling products. Is that right? Well, no. no. What I'm saying is right. It, it, let's take Carostacks for example. Right? Um, yeah. They come in and they they sell the. They sell it to the salons, and the salon encourages their hairdressers to sell the product. Okay. Yeah. So what what it effectively has done to the hairdresser is diluted their skill set. So they all of a sudden becoming salesmen first because they have to please the salon, and the salon has to please uh, L'Oreal. So they they're actually losing focus from their actually um, their job skill, which is creating, maintaining, up up um, selling. Hair, that's what they call hairdresser, hairstylist. They're not salesman or hair salesman type of thing, right? So, so their role, right, is getting diluted. And for me, right, I can't see it that. Um, what commission do they get out of selling a bottle of shampoo? 
Yeah, it's not a lot. I mean, normally there's a 40% markup, right? Right. From the distributor to the salon. Um, and out of that 40% markup, they've obviously got to get paid 20% VAT. So there you go. Yeah. So you could argue again, you know, the government earns more out of your work than, exactly. um, <laughs> than exactly. you do. And then obviously the, the other 20% is, you know, probably split between the person who did the retail and the salon owner for exactly. buying it all in. Exactly. So the majority, of, the majority of the property goes to the salon, and the salon has to dilute, as it's all like evenly spread out his um, profits to the staff. Okay. Mm. Now, if the salon wants to sell the product themselves, they don't have to give those commissions away to the hairdresser for a start. Now, from my point of view, as a hairdresser, oh, well, I was a hairdresser, I never sold a product in my life. Never. Okay. Okay. Now, because I was more focused in the on the client, in the client, in my work and everything. Now, I, I used to use blow dry lotion. I used to use setting lotion. I used to use cream. I used to use mousses. Mm. But I never took away my focus on what I was doing. Just to sure. sort of just to tell them. Oh, by the way, I'm putting this mousse on because it will give you volume. Mm. Never because when you're engaging with your client. You know, you actually get to understand your client a lot better without diverting your um, your persona by saying, "Oh, by the way, is it, is this mousse I'm recommending to you?" You know. Yeah, I get that. I get that. You see, so basically, you're not saying your hair is looking amazing because of the product. Your exactly. hair is looking amazing because, because of, of me. me. Exactly. Because of what I've done. There. I get exactly. it. I get that. So what do you say what do you say to those salon businesses which would argue that cuz from your perspective or from your situation you as a high net worth individual um hairdresser, you know, so yeah. when you look at the percentage of the commission that you get from a product in relation to what you were charging for a haircut and blow dry it was such a tiny percent percentage of it that, of course, there was literally zero point for you to focus on product sales at all because it was such a tiny supplement to your wages or your salary or to the price you were charging. But for other salons, for 99% of salons whose margins are so tight, you know, an extra two or three pounds per client could end up being like, you know, it's quite a quite a decent return it, no, on their doesn't. wages it, at the end of the week no it doesn't it is it, it, actually sort of like uh, takes a, it makes a mockery of their business model really basically but if they if they rely on 30 percent of their uh, turnover mm. uh, and we're talking about survival here mm. based on retail sales they're kind of like they're, they're really scraping the bottom of a barrel they, sh they should go to business i don't think for, if, if they're relying on retail sales at any percentage because the, the base um, survival instincts of a salon, right, has to be the clients, mm. nothing else. You could, if you actually look at a shop front window, it's all retail. At the back of it is where the work is being sold, um, the, 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 um, the industry being sold at, right, it's the, the work that's going on. Mm. So a client walks in, they, sell, they buy the product and they walk out. The hairdresser doesn't get anything from that, right? Mm. that's how it should be yeah i mean it's a, it's an interesting perspective um i'm still on the the side of i think 
For 99% of salons, you know, retail will have a significant impact over the course of the year because they're, they're, they're such tight margins that they're working on. I, I understand what you're saying in terms of, you know, the business model. They, they need to increase their prices accordingly. Uh, and this is one of my bugbears on the industry. If you look at inflation within our industry, um, you know, it's gone up. Like the price of our services have gone up Um exponentially since 1980 but the distribution of that price hasn't gone to the hairdresser no. since the 1980s no. the distribution of that price has gone to people like product companies uh, expenses digital costs all of these other expenses that have gone through the roof and any price increase just swallows those expenses increases yeah. they're not actually um they're not actually um dripping down into the actual pay packet of the hairdresser exactly. um and and this this is a, a bugbear of mine uh, to put it another way um look at chocolate bars i was talking about this to my daughter the other day because i bought a um, turkish delight i love turkish delights right Ooh, yeah but when i was a kid turkish delight used to be like a really big bar of chocolate and you can you can put this to yeah, coca-cola it, 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 chunk, it was like chunky a chunk. it was a yeah, chunky yeah. bit of turkish delight yeah, and yeah. i don't know it was probably 50p you know <clears throat> now it's 75p and it's half the size so this is what this is what's happening in society wherever you look in society inflation is rife they are hiding uh, they're making the things smaller but they're trying to keep the price the same and this is this is the you know the walls basically being pulled over people's eyes. Bag of crisps. A bag of crisps used to be thirty three grams and fifty p. Now it's twenty five grams and fifty p. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like you know it, that it, is. It, um, more, there's more air in the bag than actually there's. Crisps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's like a twenty five percent decrease in the volume of product you're buying. But the price has stayed the same. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think this is rife in every industry, in hair, in beauty, you know, the, in the high street. Is, that, is um, that because they're trying to cut down their CO2 emissions? Is it because they're trying to cut down their um, uh, margins? Why, why do you think that is then? Well, it's marketing, isn't it? Obviously, it's, it's bad, for, bad for business if you put your prices up. Yeah. So rather than announce that your prices have gone up, you're just going to hide it, aren't you, in not giving the the customer the same amount that you used to give them. Look at your tin of quality street. It's Christmas this year. Yeah. Look at your tin of quality street. I love that. I saw a meme. Somebody put a meme online of. I'll try and share it if I can find it. But there's a meme of quality street over the years. And back in the eighties, the tin was ginormous. It was like a kilo, kilo of chocolate. Do you know what I mean? And it was like five quid. And over the years, the box of quality street. Um, the tin, sorry, the tin of Quality Street That's has true. just reduced in size. Now it's a plastic yeah. tin. And, and so basically someone had done this audit of the size of the Quality tin, uh, Quality Street tin going down over the years. And that is indicative of our industry. Apart from, in our industry, we're selling time, Joe. You know, we're not selling a product. We're selling our time with our That's customer. Right. Exactly, you're selling... Ex 100%. And we can't we can't diminish that. We can't reduce the amount of time and charge the same amount of money. Do you know what, what I mean? We what? can't do a haircut, cut and blow dry in ten minutes. You like product companies can reduce the amount of product they're giving someone for the same price. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's like I say, it's a very, very, very 
interesting subject and one that ties into the Bitcoin price because Bitcoin is, as you know, deflationary. Um, it gets scarcer over time, so therefore its value goes up. It's, I, 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 I can't, I, from me as a hairdresser, I never saw the point or, or my, any reason for me to actually sell a product. I, I, just, I just couldn't because my title was a hairdresser, hairstylist, yeah. hair director, whatever it was, even, even when I became a salon owner. And I remember when, when I opened my first salon, I drove Carrie Draco Avenue, and I, I got Laura to come in and we, was, we were going to take on um, Carrie's status. And I think they wanted 7,000, 8,000 pounds um, premium. S- premium, right? To, to, I, thought, I thought, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I was, I, why, why, you should be paying me. Yeah. No, that is very true, right? That is, I mean, this is something that we've touched on on LinkedIn, isn't it? Where that window space, that's prime real estate. Exactly. Why are you giving it away to your product company it's, for nothing? Exactly. It doesn't you know, make any sense. You, you know, my shop front in um, Drake Army, right? It was a double fronted shop front, yeah? I mean, the rent was £275,000 a year, okay? Wow. And When was this? What, what year was this? This was 2004. Wow. Okay. I wonder what that rent is now, Joe. You don't know what I know, that rent I, is now. It's about a million pounds, actually. Wow. So there you go. That's inflation in but, a nutshell right there, isn't but it? The Forex. Unit, but the unit itself has, has been halved, though, okay? So it's, it's you know, it's about what? 400. So, yeah. so it's gone up 4x, yeah, but, it's but the space is, is cutting up. Well, I mean, that's obscene. Now, that's obscene quite, inflation. It used to be a restaurant before, a restaurant come club, right? Right. So, so when I took it over. Anyway, so... And you know how rentals work, right? You've got zone A, zone B, zone C, okay? Zone right. A is your maximum. So where you're going to get the biggest impact, right? That's where you're going to make the most money, all right? Zone yeah. A. Zone B is where you kind of maintain the, the level. And zone C is where you not really get anything. Hence why you go to the back of kitchens or anything. Like, it's just a shithole, if you're not mm. right? Because mm. there's no rental. So zone A is your maximum. That's where you're going to make the biggest impact. So why would you give your window to product companies, okay, mm. where you're not going to make much money out of it? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Right? No, I agree. I agree. So I, I said, effort. I actually, I actually, what I did, what it taught me actually was that um, I, I never look for a product where you can get, anyone can get. I always look for alternative products. And, and I remember I approached a, a company called Elena Grail, um, G-R-E-L. YL, I believe they were a French company and they're beautiful. And I actually got Fito as well, which I got mm. as well, right? Fito, the, the oils were brilliant, and you know, it, it gave us it gave us a presence, it gave us um, a destination with these products, but we never really relied on them at all, sure. Okay, and then when I went to uh, when I met you in Birds Arcade again, we went to GK, we went to uh, Sasha One, we went Sasha to Sasha One, yeah. We went to uh, O&M was that, at the end. Was that more to do with the fact that um, product companies are notoriously bad at removing the hairdresser from the loop and selling direct to the company, uh, to the to our clients? And what I mean by that is, you know, for 15 years, we've had to compete with the internet on price, haven't exactly, we? Exactly, exactly. Um, and, you know, L'Oreal, and you, you can argue all of them. They're all available online, and they're all available for half the price. Um, that well, salons well, yeah, can, but, can see, sell at. It, there's no point in buying some, having selling something that someone can get somewhere else quicker. 
from the start, all right? And cheaper. Yeah, and I mean, that's 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 what I used to hear all the time in, in my time as a, you know, a brand representative. It was like, we can't compete with the internet. And my official, well, we can't police the internet. We can't stop people. No. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, essentially it was one of the drivers why I built Go Salon. It was because eight out of ten clients would buy a product from you if the price was closer to the internet. So what Go Salon did, it connected your products that you're selling in the shop to the price of the internet. So therefore, there isn't that excuse anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, the price doesn't come into it now when it comes to conversions. And, and, and I suppose the, the app itself, I just, it speaks for itself. So the really, I, I actually do believe a hairdresser should focus more on, on building their clientele rather than their... Um, Commission fees. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, 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 do you know what I mean? And even that one, there's, you know how hairdressers lose clients? How? By one word, all right? And not so much a bad haircut, by one word, mm. right? Now, you could be having a conversation, and that conversation could just drift into something that the client doesn't like. You know, it, it, could, sure. be, it could be any word, right? Sure. Um, and again, that's how you build a clientele as well. Because you could you could be talking about something and they will love you, all right? Because mm. it, it's it's how you present yourself to, to that client, and 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 I was very very aware of how I was working with the client all the time. Mm. I, you know, that client who followed me was literally my girlfriend, my lover, my mother, my wife, my sister. For that I, hour, they were your whole world. E exactly. Right. right, and I'm I'm not going to fool them. I'm not going to do. I'm not going to tell them something or sell them something. One, they won't have the um, attitude to sort of like replicate. Mm. Okay, and also, the nicest thing that um, a client could ever tell you, right? Oh, I wish I could blow dry like you can. Oh, I wish I could do what you do. Mm. You know what I mean? So mm. why sell those secrets? The gov yeah. governments don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, th I think it's a good point. Um, I think it's a good point to obviously channel your focus 100% on your client. Um, and, and that's why, you know, when I, when I deal with my clients, I, I never sell them a product. Um, I just basically show them what I use. And if they ask me a question about why I'm using it, I'll tell them why I'm using it. You know, at no point will I ever come across as being pushy salesmen. Um, because that that uh, that's not me. I'm not comfortable with that. And I think we've got an entire generation of of people in the industry, ten years worth, that have had to try and compete with the internet for price, and they've always felt that they've been pushy salesmen because they haven't been able to provide that value because they know that it's cheaper on the internet, yeah. and they you know it's it's been difficult for them. But what I love with Go Salon is that it. it it enables you. It enables you to do more sa more sales rather than alienating your client because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're using that product. Is there's a reason for it, and hopefully your client will ask you why. Exactly, but this, can I tell you another thing, right? From a salon owner's perspective, right? Mm. They 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 have a meeting once a month, say. Yeah. Okay, guys, we got to do this. We got to we got to sell more. We got to sell more. The, the, every month, right? These hairdressers are pushed to sell pro products. They're pushed. So all of a sudden, their role, right, is to sell products, hmm. not actually to not actually to build a clientele. 
Yeah, see, that's the thing. I, I, it's called hair care for a reason, and I think, I think you should never push anybody to sell a product, but you should be aware of why you're using the product, and and that's, it's just sharing the information. Yeah, that's all it is. You're not selling. You're just sharing. Look, I'm using this shampoo and conditioner on your hair because it's coloured, and this is a special colour shampoo which is a bit more gentle. That's it. Do you know what what I mean? It's not. Oh, you can then get it. You buy one, get one free. You know, we don't want to turn into like supermarket and use all those tricks of buy one get one free and you know oh there's a discount and you know it's just like just share the information uh, you know just share the information can, can i just say what difference right mm. is there between a Kerastase shampoo and a laurel lv shampoo you buy at Boost for six quid so the the official line that product companies will give you is we use much more exclusive ingredients if you actually look at the ingredients, what does it tell you? If you actually look at the ingredients, they're all the same <laughs> exactly. kind of, you know, exactly. sodium chloride, <laughs> uh, sulfates, you know, all these thickening agents. 90% is water. <laughs> exactly. 90, yeah, probably even higher than that. 95% is water. So they are literally selling selling you water. Exactly. Um, you know, no, I mean, that's that. I mean, that's not true. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I want to give a, I want to give the balance perspective because I know you have, you know, you never relied on product companies. Companies and, and I obviously never relied on product companies either. But the one thing that product companies have done, it's obviously developed products um, that are nicer, that smell nicer and will do things for your hair. So it saves us having to put like lemon or mayonnaise or tomato ketchup. Do you know what I mean? Because old wives' towels, they used to use all this garbage and put it in their hair. Can you imagine okay. <laughs> using, using like a homemade remedy of mayo combined with paprika and this to, you know, yeah. that's only product olive, companies. Olive oil in this. Now, what, yeah, what, olive oil, what, exactly. What percentage um, of, of the world population would you sort of say, right, buy shampoos? Oh, I have no idea. Well, 90% of the population, Pro- right, is poor. Yes, so they're not going to buy. They're not going to buy a fraction, and 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 the the other half of those are bald, bald old men. Exactly. So 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 they're not going to be buying shampoo. So I don't know. I can't put a number on it. No, but But anyway, that's enough about product companies. Let's get back to some interesting um, chat. Yeah, go. Um, I noticed Brexit's in the news a lot more recently. Um, they're talking about a deal again. Um, our our mainstream media, our newspapers, um, the BBC, GMTV, you know, all of those people. When are news companies going to stop reporting people's opinions and the future? That's my question to you. News, compa- news channels now report the future. Like they're some kind of oracle, like they are these, you know, all-seeing eyes. When was the last time you turned on the news and the headline wasn't, this person thinks this will happen in three months' time? Dong! Well, this is the bullshit of the media, right? Because the media don't speak on behalf of the people. They speak on behalf of themselves. But they very cleverly twist it around to sort of say, but so-and-so says this, so-and-so says that. So, 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 did he say that? They saying that, okay? Yeah, and people buy right. into it, right? So it is utter bullshit. It's liberal elites at their worst, really. And if you, so it's propaganda. 100%, 100%. No one in their right, I, I actually believe 
no one buys newspapers. Yes, people do buy newspapers for a, a small percentage, right? But most people read, get the information from online now, right? So yeah. when, when you get, it's, it's lazy journalism at the end of the day, okay? They can easily sort of say, A said this, B said that, and then they, they go sort of the yin and yang, the route. I mean, Piers Morgan's very good at that. He, he thinks he's, he's speaking on behalf of the population, right? He isn't. Yeah. He's speaking on behalf of his liberal elite, elite friends because they're all one big gang. If you actually sort of look at that uh, GMTV breakfast, TV, they're all one big gang. They're all, they're, all, they're all in it together, right? They all mm. say the same thing. They're all repeating the same thing. No one's diverse. No one's opinion, right? Uh, it matters because all say the same thing. So mm. th there is no uh, controversy. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no alternative. I think the alternative uh, opinion or the alternative side of the story comes from the internet now, doesn't it? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And they try and shut down conversation by saying conspiracy. That's conspiracy, etc. Yeah, yeah. And it's you, like you, yeah, you can't. You, that's, that's just closing down a, a debate, which uh, is like name calling somebody. It, it, right? Is that look at the Brexiteers, right? They were racist at the beginning. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and it all, all, you know, for three, three yeah, years. Xenophobes. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. First, you're racist. Well, not really. No. And uh, and they're dumb because they don't it, know what they're, they're voting dumb. for. Exactly. You know, there was that. Exactly. And you actually think the media is still going to be uh, Brexit friendly? They're not. Well, they're, they're, I mean, like you say, it's, it depends who controls the media, doesn't it? And right. obviously, the internet is kind of uh, the wild west. It, it and is. mainstream media is controlled by the elites, right? But, so but every, every journalist, right, for, for in my sort of like last twenty years, I've been thinking they want to sort of say, "I told you so." How many predictions do you come across? There's going to be doom and gloom in recessions. There's going to be this. There's going to be this. They will always yeah. say the same thing, right? It never happens. Everything they predicted never happened, right? But they, but they would have, they would have come up and say, "I told you so." I That's right. You, really. Well, yeah, I mean, no, they're the experts they yeah, get on. That's why exactly. I don't think you should listen to experts anymore because, I mean, they've disgraced themselves this year. Because, well, like I say, back to my original point, when did the news start reporting the future? You know, there was a, must have been a point because news is supposed to be reported on what's happened, right? right. Fact. Yeah. These events happened. Today in Parliament, this was said or this motion got passed. But all our news is now is if we don't follow the rules in three months' time, things are going to hit the fan. Well, this, Do you know this, what I mean? And yeah, it's this, like, this, right, okay. So in three months' time, when things don't hit the fan, no one can go back in time three months because everyone's moved on. Well, well can I say um, something? Can I say something? This is, again, my skill as a hairdresser, right? I had the, the skill set to, to interpret what clients were saying, right? Yeah. yeah, I was. They were sort of saying, Joe, I want something different, but I don't want to take too much off." Okay, that it was. Is that kind of classic scenarios that every hairdresser goes through? Now, you when, when you bring when it you, back to hair, no, no, I've just sort of said. So when you listen, yeah. when you listen to the news and you read the news, right, and you read the newspaper, and they say, "This could happen, this might happen," does it mean it's going to happen? But unfortunately, people who don't actually, who, who, who could read but don't understand the words, they think it will happen. You, mm. you understand the difference? And and this is what the media is very good at. This well, well, like I say, anxiety is fear of the future. Depression is obviously fear of the past. 
if yeah. you know what I mean, or fear of what's yeah. happened in the past. And and that's why I think mainstream media, you need to switch off from it because it, it is anxiety-inducing um, opinion a lot yeah. of the time. You know, wow. they've stopped reporting <clears throat> facts. And I think this is why we're in the situation that we are because it's it's the God question, isn't it? You can't You can't prove God exists, but you can't prove God doesn't exist. So therefore, you're in this kind of middle ground where nobody knows, <laughs> and 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 they're playing on that. And like I say, I don't like it. I I, I don't like watching mainstream media. I don't like I it when my wife it. has BBC Breakfast on in the morning. You I, know, it, it it starts my day off wrong. I feel it's, angry it's after my, watching the TV. My wife puts on Pierce Morgan. I just can't stand it. I mean, the worst thing about that guy, right? Is that yeah. he's, a, he's an Arsenal supporter. I mean, I so wish, right, he was a Tottenham supporter. It would just okay. give him more reason for him to hate him. Yeah. Right? You know yeah. what I mean? Okay. <laughs> um, so um, I did write a blog about this on Go Salon. Um, it was back in June, actually, that I brought up um, the post-pan... It was called... If you go um, onto Google and you type in post-pandemic regulation blues and go salon, you'll be able to find it. But essentially, I do float the idea that everyone's talking about regulation for the hairdressing industry. And I just really kind of point out that I didn't believe that that was uh, beneficial for the yeah. longevity and long term of our industry. So there's that over at Go Salon. Joe, apart from um, getting ready for Christmas next week, um, is there anything else you're up to this week you want us to know about? Um... Not really. I saw like I, I finished work really. I suppose I I done my bits yesterday. I got nothing really. I mean, I think this sort of tier three just sort of knocked my class back a little bit. So um, yeah, I agree. Some... I agree. Maybe we should talk about that next time because it seems yeah. that a lot of my clients cancelled because they thought that yeah, we weren't here. allowed to cut hair in tier tier three. So once again, communication from the government uh, has just been awful again. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think they're, they're more worried about sort of someone that's not in their bubble coming to their house, I think, more than anything else. Yeah. But like I said, we could talk about that some other time. So, till next time. Okay, brilliant. All right then, Joe. Well, you can follow us on LinkedIn. Anywhere you type the word in Salonomics, we yeah. should come up top. That's the benefit exactly. of inventing your own name. Um, so well we, we did ask we, we trademarked well that, that i think we have IP. now yeah i think we have now. We, we, that name that that name is ip right yes anyway so, until next time mr mehmet my hair and jesus and my good friend Aaron. yes you take care of yourself and i'll speak to you soon you too mate look forward to take it take care bye 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 bye